This is a podcast from Rover. <coughs> Honey ho! Is. is that what I think it is? Up the wires. Welcome to the podcast. Just gone. Just gone. I was going to do time for you. It's six yeah. past four here in New Zealand. Yep. Um, got a couple of tracks playing in the Rock 2000 countdown at the moment. Back for another edition of uh, of Honey Hole. Yesterday was a good episode. Mm. We had some funny chat about people that can't regulate, i.e. they are absolute psychos and get angry very, very fast. And we thought, well, that's quite funny if you're not involved in the anger for a lot of the time. Like a small thing makes someone fly off the handle mm. and then... From the outside, if, if you've got absolutely nothing to do with that, like, I don't know, I was driving past one of those self-car wash um, places. Yes. And we've got them here. I mean, you have them in New Zealand, Australia, everywhere. That's cheaper than going through a car wash, but barely, and you waste half an hour of your time doing it. Um, and then I saw some guy, and I, the machine had obviously stopped working, and he had the big scrubbing brush <laughs> and was just giving it the full, like, baseball swings into the wall. And he's obviously been pumping cash, and the thing stopped working. I've been there. Have you? Have oh, you yeah. I've been oh, not smashed it up, but just been like absolutely fleeced of 20 bucks for 15 minutes of foam farting out of a brush that's covered in stones. <laughs> scratch up my car. Yeah, it's not fun. i tell you what was a funny one. In Auckland last summer, well, just before summer because we didn't really have a summer, but there was a water shortage. Yeah. And so you go there and then everyone, they, they were still trying to operate those car wash places, mm. which just seemed ludicrous. Again, water from outside of the region. And then it would sit on those big, massive plastic um, square containers that are like a, probably weigh an actual yeah, ton. like a, a Mexicon. And then you know that everyone's probably still cleaning their cars, uh, this, you know, the same rate of knots. Yeah. But the water coming out has been massively reduced. Therefore, it's going to be way slower to wash your car. To get the same wash as what you were getting before, I reckon you'd be down about 50 or 60 bucks. Eh? Yeah, to add to that, I know a guy who has uh, a bunch of those, and through COVID, no one was allowed to use them. But he was still getting charged wastewater because yep. they don't take you on don't the- Don't even get me started yeah, on that shit. The volume, of, the volume of water which normally goes through there, which wasn't going through there at all, he was then getting charged the wastewater thing. So none of the water was being used because nobody was going through it. And then they rolled straight out of that into the like one of the dry summers. We're like, oh, I have a five-second shower, you know, and you're driving past every single water main which is run in conjunction with the city council and they're blowing freaking hydrants left, right and centre because the pipes are so old and shitty. And then they're just leaking water left, right and centre. It's like, are you paying for that? No, you're still charging us. Dams are going through the roof. And we've had the weirdest year ever and they're still saying, summer's coming up. Make sure you prep your gardens. Make sure you got no leaky taps around the house. Mate, the, the banks are overflowing. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm fucking sick of being told what to do. <laughs> Piss I'm, off. I'm an adult. I pay my shit. Sort oh. yours out. Hey, I'll put water in my garden because I can afford it. All right, assholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe let us capture some water off the roof of our houses. No, so here's the thing. Um, here's how it's worked out. So when in New Zealand, well, um, not all of New Zealand, and if you're unlucky enough to be at a part where you need to pay for your water, it counts the water going out into your house, mm. and then there's just a percentage that they charge you, i.e. if they go, I use, say, 100,000 litres, well, 8% of that or 35% of that is wastewater. But you can have your whole house rigged up that all of your wastewater goes onto your garden, so you're not actually using the pipes mm any wastewater pipes, and you'll still get charged for it. They've got no way of proving it. It's bullshit. Yeah, the friend of mine who had a cafe said all the water that goes into his place walks out the fucking door in a paper cup with coffee <laughs> on it. 
and he still gets charged for it. Anywho, we're not here to we're not here to talk about how shit people are at their jobs because uh, we'll just be added to that list. Uh, so there is a message that I got through from uh, from T Bone here, and I oh, actually this I thought this was good. no, you've got a regulator chat, Jay. Mm. Well, you say we're talking about uh, yeah, you do your one actually first, and I'll get to T Bone who's had a blowout at a cafe lunch. Okay, this is from Aaron and Sunny Morecambe in the UK, which is where Tyson Fury. Uh, resides yeah. about to about to welcome their seventh child to the family, and currently living with the one and only Joe Parker. What are they treating them like friggin' Pokemon? Gotta yeah. catch them all. They really are. it's a wild, wild setup. So Joe lives in the house next to Tyson and his family, which continues to grow uh, with the trainer and the and the dietitian. He says pretty pretty awesome setup. They're about to move into the fight house before going to. Uh, Saudi Arabia for that big fight with Francis Ngannou. That's going to be sick. Yeah. Hey, guys, sorry Hey guys, sorry in advance for how long this story may take you guys to read, but I hope you find that it's worth it. This take a deep breath and chill the fuck down moment comes from my granddad, who we lost this year. He passed away, not just wandering, not just wandering the streets somewhere. Back in, my, back in the mid-50s, my granddad Cliff and his bricky pals Arthur and Alan went out for a drink one Saturday afternoon dressed in their finest suits. They stumbled across a rough-looking pub that most people uh, would walk, no, actually run past. <laughs> At this point, it's best to explain that Arthur and Alan were well-known in the Salford area in Greater Manchester. Arthur could handle himself and was well known in the army for his boxing skills. Alan, well, he was a mountain of a man that gave little shits about anyone and would probably fight his own shadow for the fun of it. (laughs) From the description my granddad gave me, imagine the mountain from Game of Thrones but with a massive eagle tattoo across the back the size of a Boeing 747. My granddad, on the other hand, was a gentle giant, family man, like myself, tall but only about 11 stone in weight, piss wet through. Anyway, as they walk into the pub, granddad, Cliff and Arthur go to find a table whilst Alan goes to the bar for some pints. The bar was pretty full with nine guys all lent up against it, one side and another guy taking up the rest of the space, sitting on one bar stool with his leg up on another. With no way of getting to the bar for his drinks, Alan asks the guy on the stool to move his leg. The guy looks up at Alan and down, mainly up, looks down at his leg on the stool, then turns back to the bar and sips his drink. Did you not hear me? Alan says, getting slightly pissed off. I said, move thy leg. Again, the guy turns around and Alan turns back and drinks his drink. This This is where a normal person would walk away and just be like, oh, that guy's a bit of a dick. But no. No, that's right. At this point, Alan is raging. More than a bull having his bollocks squeezed. <laughs> I said, move thy leg, uh, was the last thing Alan said before kicking the stool with the force of a mule on steroids. <laughs> well, the next part, my granddad said, happened in slow motion for him. As he witnessed, I love, I love it when these moments happen. When a fight tees off, it is like, Oh, shit. He's getting like a massive adrenaline dump, hey? Yeah. You can just see everything so clearly. Yeah. It happened in slow motion for him as he witnessed the stool fly across the floor in one direction. And this guy's leg, which I can only assume got caught in the stool, <laughs> fly off in another direction. Oh, Not quite sure what Granddad, what Granddad Clifford would as he turned to Arthur with a look of confusion, wide-eyed and mouth-dropped, then turned back to the scene of a prosthetic leg still airborne, <laughs> landing at the opposite end of the pub. 
Legs still spinning on the floor. The pub went silent. The nine men at the bar simply put their glasses down and said, you three outside, let's settle this. Not adverse, not adverse to a good tear-up. Alan was pretty much outside before the guy had finished his set. Alan sounds like an absolute roast. <laughs> Arthur quickly followed and my granddad, still confused by the situation, shortly followed. Are we going to make a run for it? My granddad asked. Are we? Bollocks, Alan said, my granddad's worst thoughts coming true. <laughs> Arthur piped up with a, right, Alan, you get the two big bruises and a couple of average-looking ones. I'll take the other four. Cliff, you're on the remaining two. And without giving granddad a chance to reply to Arthur, said, good, that's sorted. Now, uh, remember, backs to the wall and we all fight forward, boys. <laughs> then the moment came, the nine and three-quarter men <laughs> walking and one hopping out of the pub. Heavily outnumbered, with the colour draining from his face, and one of the three-quarter men walking towards my granddad said something out loud that stopped them in their tracks. Up until his dying day, he didn't know where it came from, but he said, Right, guys, it's only fair to let you know, I'm bound by law to tell you, I know that Chinese fighting they call karate. <laughs> Bear in mind... <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. Bear in mind, this was the mid-50s uh, when the likes of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan hadn't graced our screens just yet. <laughs> I can kill a man with a single punch. So let me tell you, you've been warned now. Well, the whole group just stopped. Arthur mid-jabbed to one of the guy's faces, Alan with one in a headlock whilst headbutting the other one, all just stopped and went quiet before an alarming laugh rang through <laughs> both parties involved. Back all- then it would have been like saying, be careful, guys, I know yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All stood laughing at what my granddad had said. They all shook hands, went back inside the pub and spent the rest of the day drinking together. Some of the group later came became good friends with Granddad Cliff right through his life, in fact. Well, anyway, that's the story of how quick a bit of bullshitting helped my granddad reach the grand old age of 98. Hope this is a fitting tribute to the legend that he is. Up the was Aaron from Sunny Morecambe in the UK. Regulators! Mona. I'm disappointed no one got the leg, eh? It's a good weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my first port of call. Meet you outside, quickly scam across the floor, grab by the ankle, and then you basically you got a game of baseball on your hands. I, lo- I just love the simplicity of what that time was like. Like, you've got a problem. I have a problem with you having that problem. So let's go outside so we don't trash the place that we're in because we all like drinking here. And like, now yeah. it's just like in, in England, reach for something you can shank somebody with, ro- crawl your hand across the table to one of those big glass ashtrays and wrap it around the nearest person's head that's not your mate. Yeah, and chances are, try and pick a fight with someone now, they're a friggin' method and they hold a grudge and then you'll come around and you'll have somebody, a saucer-sized pupil person banging on yeah. your door at 3am thinking it's bloody 12 o'clock in the afternoon ready to go with a bunch of weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your PlayStation, I need a point bag. <laughs> oh, okay, have a PlayStation. Don't play it anyway, enjoy your meth. Sounds <laughs> strangely accurate. <laughs> like it's happened before, eh? <laughs> They'll take anything. You just got to nail it all down, eh? Uh, here's, a, here's a story from T-Bone. He, uh, I think he's in America, I think. Anyway. Hey, fellas, my name is Tony, and I thought you might like this. I have two sons, Tony Jr., definitely in America, yeah. and Nico. But he's 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 definitely from America, and he will be from Chicago or from <laughs> New York City. Now, we're your typical dudes. We like pranking each other, and farts are funny. So my wife's family uh, is extremely religious. I'm not, but whatever. As long as it doesn't involve herding children or sheep, I don't care what religion you practice. <laughs> we re- <laughs> Okay, he's from Virginia, we've been told. Uh, we- <laughs> he's a sheep reference. 
Uh, we were at a very nice Chinese restaurant. Me, the boys, my wife, my wife's mother, and 12 or 13 of her church lady mates. Nothing new. I had long ago learned how to behave and temper my vile version of humour. So I'm sitting there with a huge group of blue hairs eating my food <laughs> and doing my best not to offend anybody, which I do everywhere I go. Everything is cake. And then... <laughs> There's the most wretched, vile, wet-sounding fart that Godzilla's arsehole could have ever created. It was nothing short of the scene in Alien, only anal. To my unrelenting horror, I realised that fucking noise was coming from me. Now, keep in mind, I'm a technology dinosaur. I can text, Google, facehole, and that's about it. I'm the guy that gets a new phone and gives it to my nine-year-old to set up for me. Probably not that unusual. As I sit here with the church having lunch with the sound of Tiger Woods shitting, a bowling ball comes ripping out of me. But it wasn't me. My sons had gotten hold of my phone and changed the ringtone from the Empire Strikes Back to the shit scene in Dumb and Dumber and turned the volume all the way up. So as I sit there with 29 queens of Christ, I appear to be giving birth to the parallax, the dinosaur, uh, the destroyer. My wife and the rest of the crones looked upon me in horror. It obviously wasn't actually me, and I did my best to fumble on my way through explaining it that it was the phone and not real. By then, everyone with an earshot was looking at me. After me and my ten thumbs finally got my phone turned off, <laughs> looking like one of those cartoons from back in the day when they were running. Uh, I looked up, and one aisle away, my boys were steady dialing my phone, laughing so hard they were snorting. <laughs> Needless to say, I left the restaurant with the majority of people thinking I was the most vile creature born since a Hannibal Lecter. Well played, you little bastards. Well played. Just a side note, I put my work socks in their pillowcases as payback. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is a long life ahead, you know. Yeah, that is a real long life ahead. Classic, got uh, him. So, just quick, a quick one. I want to run past you. The Rock Two Thousand mm. countdown at the moment. We've been banging on about it heaps. It's bloody epic. We're in the third week at the moment, and uh, we've got Jimmy Barnes, who's uh, Australian rock royal, royalty. And, yeah, and you might have heard of him if you listen to the UK or or South Africa. Either way, you would have heard his songs if you listened to the rock radio station. And so, I get a message through from Aaron. Uh, Frith and uh, he goes do you think this is he's sent me a picture of a tattoo do you think it's worth tickets to the Rock 2000 show uh, to show Jimmy Barnes my first and only for now tattoo that was inspired by the line from his song cheap wine and a three day growth for me and my flatmate both heard it as cheap wine and a female goat he said he would pay for me and pay for what we heard to be tattooed on me somewhere so eventually I got it just above my left knee which is cheap wine and a female goat is yeah. what he's got there. <laughs> now, the reason why I like this, yeah, because the most common misheard lyric for it, and we should bring it up for you in a second, actually, is um, cheap wine and a three-legged goat. Yeah. So he's got misheard, misheard lyrics on his leg. Do we think that's worthy of tickets to the gig? Yeah, totally. I reckon he holds the tickets until somebody can prove that they've got a worse misheard lyric. On their body. Oh, that's a good shout. Yeah, and then you can do, it can just be a, you just, the champion takes it. Let's just make it shittest music tattoos. Yeah. 
Not that yours is shit by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, it's great. Got, got a bit of a laugh out of it. I yeah. might get you some tickets to the Rock 2000. That's a beaut. But if you've got them, please send them through to the Rock Drive on Insta or to the Rock Drive Facebook. Nice wee song, that. Looking forward to seeing that live. Uh, you know that Jimmy Barnes would, would have looked like an absolute piece of shit when he was writing that song, right? Mm. He's drinking cheap wine, probably by the goon sack, which is the, like the three-liter cask wine, and he hadn't shaved for three days, or he's on a bender. Yeah, and he bent for a long time, he was, really he, long time. Yeah, he was one of the one of the greatest and best at it. Yeah, I tell you who was. Um, yeah, imagine being his agent. Imagine being his manager. <laughs> And we spoke about gig. this. We spoke about this in the in the countdown today. Is a bloke by the name of Shep Gordon, and there was a film made about Shep Gordon called Supermensch, and it was produced by Mike Myers. You know Austin Powers, Mike Myers. Here, just have a little snippet. This is sort of the operator that Shep Gordon was. I drove into Los Angeles. There was a Hollywood landmark hotel. A girl called me over and said she was Janis Joplin. She introduced me to Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix said, are you Jewish? And I said, yeah. He said, you should be a manager. I said, great. No problem. Who should I manage? Alice Cooper. <laughs> the word mensch and Shep are synonymous. He is a protector. He keeps the wolf from the door. If somebody asked me who invented the celebrity chef, Shep Gordon, I spent my life making people famous. Shep is the quintessential manager. He wrote the book, and everybody else is reading from it. The three most important things a manager does. Get the money. To always remember to get the money. Never forget to always remember to get the money. <laughs> let's invent something new that nobody's ever seen before, and let's stick with it. We tried to do as many outrageous things as we could. Let's do shows for women only. Everybody went wild. What this was, you would navigate us through this rough passage. I was so over my head. My God, that looks so good. Let's put it in the show notes. Yeah. People can find it wherever you stream all the uh, um, legal or, or illegal stuff from. It's a great film. Well worth buying. It's so good. Did you watch it? What do you watch it on? Uh, Netflix? Yeah, no. I think one of the guys we used to have a thing called Book Club where we'd watch documentaries and drink beers. At an agency. It's quite what a cool. great idea. Yeah, it was cool. Good bunch of people too, and you had to turn up with the book, which was, uh, we'd say it's book club to our partners, but we'd just go and watch docu- music docu- documentaries and <laughs> smash piss. <laughs> Jeez, that is, that is an idea for you. If anybody's feeling like they haven't caught up with your mates for a while and you want an uh, excuse to sound like you're um, highfalutin. Yeah, if you're in New Zealand, you can get it on uh, Apple TV or Google Play as well. It's a great film. Sick. Have a cracking day. We'll be back tomorrow with another Hello! Jay and Dunk. Rock.